Hello and welcome to a playoff edition of National League Town for Saturday, October 8th. Mets fandom, Mets history, Mets playoff life with Long Island's own Greg Prince and Jeff Heisen. Hey, Greg. Greetings from the edge, Jeff. Hope we're still here tomorrow. We will be, but we don't know if the Mets will be because we waited six years for that game and it was over in six minutes because of another disgraceful performance by Max in Atlanta and last night. And I don't care why. The writers are making excuses for him this morning. I don't care. Maybe it was just a second bad night in a row or maybe there's more to it. But I don't want to hear later that Max's oblique bothered him, as they're suggesting, because Max said he was 100% and he took the ball. He had no trouble opting out of the playoffs for L.A. last year, so he could have done it here, and maybe the Mets would have had a chance. Do you think these are excuses or people are just trying to figure out what went wrong because it was so unforeseen that he would have such an incredibly bad outing? Does it matter? Well, yeah, it matters if you're going to cast aspersions. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter to the bottom line. They lost. And either you're curious about how this happened or you just say, oh, I dislike Max Scherzer and everything he stands for now, uh, which is fine because nope. we're fans and we do that. But, you know, they're just looking for answers, I suppose. Uh, we were looking for answers ourselves last night. Uh, you know, once it got to be six, nothing, you could just feel all the air, uh, sucked out of city field. And, you know, that was all she wrote. I heart max. I wore a, a, the max shirt you gave me, uh, all day long yesterday. And I hope to wear it again in the second game of the, uh, next round against LA. But he said he was 100%. So when Smoltz last week and Cone last night were saying that he's compromised somehow, that does it. That's, that's for analysis later, not for today. Right now we know that he had a terrible night and the Mets are on the precipice of the offseason. Yeah, we know that. You know, burn your shirt if you want. I won't take offense. Take it, take it out into the street. Like you can say that did with Le LeBron when he went to Miami. Mac Max Scherzer has let us know. Max Scherzer got us here to a great degree, but he, he did not have the equity with the crowd after the kind of outing he had last night to withstand seven runs in whatever it was, four plus innings. Um, I can understand the frustration. I'm not too happy today. I don't think any of us is. Uh, you want to attack Max Scherzer? Go ahead. You already did. No, I, I hope that if things don't go well tonight, I hope that around Thanksgiving, Andy Martino will visit the Scherzer compound in Jupiter and there'll be a soft piece on Max and his family with his four children and his pregnant wife. And Max will hint that he didn't feel well, but he felt obliged to give it his all. I hope that's it, and now he's looking forward to 2023. But well, we've we've already got it, we've already got it figured out. So, thank goodness. Did, did in in uh, uh, Thanksgiving 2022, when Andy Martino is profiling Max Scherzer, 
did things work out for the best? Things did didn't work out. One? Things didn't work out last night. And you can say that Max was unlucky when Profar hit the foul pole while Vogelbach's first inning fly just missed. But you can't chalk it up to luck when you give up four home runs, including one to a 184 hitter. It wasn't unlucky. It was a bad performance. There was nothing unlucky about it. Scherzer pitched badly. Pitched badly two games in a row. And let's talk about the hitting. It wasn't just him. The hitting, such as it was. In the first two innings, Pete and Eduardo failed to get the runner in from third with less than two outs. And it felt like the Atlanta games all over again, as the Mets did not take advantage of early singles while the other team hit home runs. The Mets starter pitched poorly while the opposing pitcher settled in. And then you look back at those missed opportunities in the early innings. It was the sequel we didn't ask for. There's a spot in my living room where the Wi-Fi is very iffy. Sometimes it's fine and I can tweet and I can do research, whatever it is I'm doing on the couch. And sometimes I just can't find the signal. And that's how the Mets offense has been since the beginning of September and really since the All-Star break. When, it, when it's not in the right room where the Wi-Fi is strong, it's like they're, they're searching for connectivity and they are not connecting. And last night they could not connect. Yeah, they put runners on base. They didn't get them home. That sent up a flare that, oh my God, uh, they cannot afford to give them more runs because it's going to take all they can to scratch out a couple of runs. And they did not scratch out a couple of runs. Eduardo Escobar hit a home run and that was the scoring uh, with nobody on base. So, you know, again, you, you come around to a game like this where you want to pour it all on the pitcher who did a not great job, to put it lightly. Uh, you could have done a great job and would have been lucky to have uh, escaped in a 1-1 tie or something like that. So nothing was going particularly well. I mean, you can cherry pick little nuggets of, uh, of happiness if you really want to. The bullpen was good, and it was great to see uh, the right fielder back in the game, and he, he did his best. I'm sure they all did their best, but it was a lousy first game, and the Padres were not preparing for the Dodgers series. Let's put it that way. I don't know that the Mets were. Andy McCullough wrote an article in The Athletic basically implying that the Mets were too busy looking ahead to have concentrated on the matter at hand. I don't know. Again, we look for answers afterwards. That's why we have podcasts and articles and all these uh, wonderful media things. But, you know, we, we are just finding ways to say it was a terrible game and that the Mets are down 0-1 in a best-of-three series and they best win game two. Yeah, I thought that McCullough column was garbage, uh, where he, again, as you said, said that the Mets appeared to be looking past the Padres. The Mets were trying to win more than one series, and they were setting the pitching up. And I think they knew all along that DeGrom was going to pitch today. They just didn't want to divulge it. So I think McCulloch uh, was wrong about that. But one thing that was right about last night was seeing Starling Marte back. How wonderful was that? He had two hits, two stolen bases, and a nice catch. Well, Starling Marte said through an interpreter, this time of year you have to suck up the pain. And I guess that decision was made collegially between him and the 
physical performance department and of course management and his manager uh, made me wonder just how capable he was maybe a week before of playing. I'm not going to try to get into his mind, let alone his finger, but I was just glad he was back. It was a real lift both in the hours before the game and more importantly in the game to have a guy who I think is proven to be the, the I don't know if I want to say the best player on the team, the most indispensable player on the team, the team that makes a difference in every aspect of the game. And, you know, he did his part, like you said, a couple of hits and he fielded his position well. And I think once they said, uh, well, I have the sound down on ESPN, I was listening to Howie and Wayne and Howie said, oh, you know, he's kind of shaking his hand uh, after uh, reaching first base, but never left the game, was able to dive into first base when uh, you Darvish was trying to pick him off, all that sort of stuff. So thank goodness he's playing. I hope he's feeling okay today and can continue to do what he did yesterday. We should only have nine Starling Martes in that lineup. I expect to see Marte back in the second spot in the lineup tonight. Uh, For a team that we don't think about very often, San Diego is becoming a nemesis in city field history because last night when Josh Bell hit that first inning home run, it made me think of Jody Garut. Jody Jody Garrett. Uh, Garrett, excuse me. Jody Garrett hit the first home run, wasn't it? The, was it the first pitch or he was the first batter? Uh, when City Field opened on April 13th, 2009, setting the tone perhaps for the, for that year and the uh, era ahead of the, the first years of City Field. Yeah, it was, it was kind of odd that the Padres were the Mets' first opponents in their new home, just the luck of the draw of all those years ago. Uh the Mets put themselves behind the eight ball or the Padres shoved them there. You know, our myopia is completely Mets oriented and that's completely understandable. But the Padres won 89 games. The Padres have a lot of talented players. And I noticed after the game, the players sort of answer, you know, in two veins. One is, yeah, that that's a good team over there. And two, you know, you know I, I think the the questions are always kind of designed to get them to be very introspective and to admit that uh, they are living their nightmares. But baseball players can't do that because there is literally another game tomorrow. And they all talk about putting it behind them and getting ready for the next game, and that's all that can be done. I'm sure the Padres right now are putting the wind behind them and getting ready to, in their minds, move on. Hopefully some of that uh, looking ahead business, whether it's real or not, uh, will work in our favor. Uh, yeah, that they won the season series this year, four games to six from the Mets. I that's a little misleading because the, the Mets didn't have Degrom either time. I thought the first time they didn't have Scherzer. I know, but write your own punchline here. But th- this is the team we have now, and you know it's a baseball game ahead. 162 baseball games in a year. You can't win them all, but you have to win enough of them. And tonight's is the one you have to win. Uh, We may have used must win in some context through the Atlanta series or in any number of times in the course of the year. This is the real McCoy. This is the must win game. So Padres are a tough opponent and the Mets are a tough opponent too. And they just got to not make it tough on themselves tonight. So we're turning the page as Pete said to do. We're looking ahead 
And as we do so, Greg, give us something hopeful about Mets' first game history. Well, the Mets don't always win the first games of postseason series, but that doesn't mean they lose the series. As I'm watching them go down 7-1 to one last night, I'm thinking, where have I felt this before? And I went through the mental Rolodex. And, yeah, and yes, I still have a Rolodex because I've been around a while. I went through the mental Rolodex. And I thought of five series in which the Mets dropped game one and they came along to win the series. Uh, 1969 World Series, lost to the Orioles. 1973 NLCS, lost to the Reds. Both series in 1986, the Astros and Red Sox lost game one. And the 2000 NLDS, the beginning of that postseason, they lost to the Giants, came back in all of those. And for all you wise guys out there, because uh, I already heard this two or three times on Twitter when I uh, posted this information. Yeah, but those were in best two of three game series. And you notice how a person uses a voice like that when they want to diminish the argument against them. Well, the Mets took a 2-1 lead in all of those series. So if they were best of three, which they weren't, uh, the Mets would have been OK. The only uh, one where the Mets needed to come back from down 0-2 and they did win, was the 86 World Series, quite famously. So all of that is to say, not that history always repeats itself, but that we're not doomed, and we're not dead, and it's not over. I can't believe how quickly everybody, and I, I use everybody for hyperbole here, but I can't, realize, I can't believe how quickly everybody is, quote, done with this team in one way or another. Uh, and I don't mean after losing 7-1, to one, I mean after falling behind 3 nothing. Uh, just the, the vibe was, oh, my God, it's over. Uh, this team's terrible. Why do they put me through it? And yet, when things are going well, when the Mets have a nice lead uh, in the division or in a game or in, in, in any series, it's like, don't get ahead of ourselves. Don't, don't say anything uh, to, to blow it. So it, it, it's okay to usher a loss into the books. But uh, feeling good about anything is somehow verboten. Uh, again, I'm, I'm yelling at straw men a little bit here, but uh, listen, it's one game. This is the team that we put on a pedestal much of the year, and I know they let us down in Atlanta, but uh, the other things we kept saying are still true. 101 wins in the playoffs, all kinds of terrific players. They just got to play well. And if it's really too tough for us as fans to say, okay, come on, go get him." go get him, Jake, go get him, Pete, go get him, Francisco, and everybody else, then I don't know why we're here, quite frankly. I don't mean this podcast. I just mean in general. Um, we spend so much of a year like this embracing them and celebrating them and telling the world how, how special they are and coming up with hashtags and posting memes and all that stuff that fans do these days. And then at the first sign of trouble, or perhaps at the first definitive sign of an ending, uh, we just say, my God, they're the worst and they're awful. And these guys uh, who we trusted are letting us down. Uh, maybe they will. Maybe in 24 hours we'll be sitting here saying, God, I, I'm sorry I ever believed in them. Um, I just believe in a second game. And they won second games after losing first games. And that's, that's what it boils down to. That's the season right now. So let, let's get to that season. And we hope we look with hope to tonight's game. 7.37 p.m. on uh, ESPN. It's do or die for the Mets. 
Blake Snell on the mound, a lefty. The Mets have struggled with lefties compared to righties. The Mets hit him in June, but he shut them out for five innings in July. He's been on a roll. He's allowed one run or less in six of his last seven starts. Starling Marte, though, five for 15 with a home run against him. And for the Mets, Jacob deGrom, let's think positive. Let's think vintage Jake goes to the mound tonight, the Jake we love. This is the Leonard Skinner matchup we've all been waiting for. Ooh, that's Snell versus Simple Man. And we will be in <laughs> sweet home Flushing Meadow. And we're going to put all our good vibes behind Jacob deGrom. Listen, we've watched Jacob deGrom be so masterful for so long until very recently. And in retrospect, with the exception of a couple of starts down the stretch in 2019 when they were trying to win a wild card and fell short, it feels like Jacob deGrom's peak took place in a vacuum. You know, the way people say, oh, Mike Trout, the Angels are wasting his best years Felt a little like that with DeGrom. Well, here is a chance to put it all on display. And, you know, Jacob DeGrom is not a kid, but he's 34. He's not 38 like Max Scherzer. We never really stopped to think about how old Max Scherzer is, by the way. But, hey, they, they knew how old he was when they signed him. Well, Jacob DeGrom, you know, has a lot of innings he didn't pitch because of Tommy John surgery earlier in his career. And a lot of innings he hasn't pitched this year. And last year, because of the injuries that he had to heal from, let's hope it all comes together for him. This would be a monumental moment. He's never had a postseason start at City Field. Uh, he's had some of his greatest starts, some of anybody's greatest starts at City Field. He's also sometimes hit a little bit of a wall in some starts this year. Uh, I'm thinking about that Pittsburgh game that Sunday uh, where I sat wrapped R-A-P-T. Uh, watching him mow down the Pirates. Granted, the Pirates are not the Padres. And then suddenly lose it just enough in the sixth inning before giving up a home run. I, I want to say it was to O'Neill Cruz. Well, I'd rather not say it at all, but it did happen. And it, it felt Good like luck. his his invincibility was shattered uh, or pierced anyway, or, or one of those great phrases. Uh, but he's here now, and we've never asked him in, in his current de-goat mode, or at least the one we've come to know him in, uh, to do something like this. I mean, he pitched in the postseason. He pitched very well in 2015, but that was when he was still Jacob deGrom becoming known quantity. Uh, you didn't even know that he was the best pitcher on the team necessarily on a staff that had no, Noah Syndergaard and Matt Harvey. Uh, you know, here he is. He's the GOAT. We, we kept saying it. We love saying it. And we hope we're not saying it for the last time. Because uh, the phrase opted out came up earlier. Well, we know he's going to opt out because it's a business. And this will go a long way toward our feeling, oh, my God, I hope Jacob DeGrom never leaves the Mets to, well, maybe there's a better way to spend Steve Cohn's money. Uh, there's a lot of writing on tonight. But he can't think like that. He's got to think, okay, what do I do with this first pitch to the first batter? Because, you know, again, these guys are professionals. Sometimes we don't think they are because the results are amateurish. But uh, absolutely, we're Cohen. thinking we're thinking positive thoughts for tonight, uh, and it's it's frustrating. But we hope that you liked today's show, despite last night's results and some negativity more on my part than on Greg's part. Hopefully, you found it more insightful than the vapid commentary on ESPN. 
And hopefully we'll have good things to talk about tomorrow because NLT will be with you every day that the Mets are in the playoffs. So don't make any plans. We're going to be here a long time, or at least until tomorrow. That's, a, that's right. We thank you for listening. Until tomorrow, I'm Jeff Heisen. I'm the slightly hopeful Greg Prince. And as always, let's go Mets. We recorded this one remotely. That's why it may have sounded different to you. Copyright 2022 music provided by the Royal Arctic Institute. Check them out on Spotify.